The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, what is going on, Bills Mafia? Happy Victory Monday to you. Happy Victory Tuesday. Happy Victory Wednesday. Happy Victory Week to the Bills Mafia. Fans of the first place, Buffalo Bills. Said that last week, and I'm just going to keep saying it uh, until it's not true anymore. So fans of the first place in the AFC East, Buffalo Bills. What a football game it was. We're going to talk all about it on the overreaction postgame show. With that, welcome into the overreaction postgame show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast in podcast network. I am your host. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the voice of the overreaction postgame show, and you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. And uh, yeah, what a game, what a football game, what a football game. We're going to, we're going to take some time. We're going to, we're going we're, we're gonna, to, we're going to work through this thing. I'm excited to have all of you that are jumping in. We got a super chat, a super chat already with that, by the way, whatever platform you are listening on or watching on, whether it's live with me right now, or it's, you know, in podcast form, make sure you please like, so jump on the like button, uh, especially if you are on YouTube, uh, please subscribe, whatever platform you're on. And also if you're on YouTube, hit the little bell, because if you hit the bell, you're going to get notified whenever Buffalo rumblings goes live and you'll get to see all great content, uh, whether it's with me, me and John Fina, me and, uh, Jay Spence, the King, Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary, whatever's going on, you'll get notified. It's, it's, it's not, annoying per se but you won't miss anything that way you get to be in your live with us all the time but as i always say whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your airpods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now one more time a very victory monday welcome to every single one of you especially those of you that are in the chat apex is up in the chat it's good to have you live bro there's all kinds of folks up in the chat. Pamela's in the chat. Richard Rush is in the chat. As I said, David Reed's in the chat. As I said, I've got my first super chat. So this is what's up. This is a podcast. So for those of you that might be new to the show, 
Uh, I'm recording a podcast right now, even though I'm recording it live. This is what what I'm doing is my over overreaction podcast show. Uh, so I don't really have the ability to necessarily respond to every single comment the way that other post game shows or live shows do. That's not really what the focus of the show is. So if you are interested in getting my attention, asking me a question, or if you have a comment about what I'm talking about, the way to do that is to do this, to give me a super chat, which you can see it shows up on the screen highlighted. This one is from T falls T falls. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for the chat. He said some dudes in the trenches again today showing up when they are needed most. And uh, yes, sir. That is exactly right. That's actually in my notes. Uh, more conversely about the Falcons than the Buffalo Bills. But I uh, got a bunch of folks up in here. My sister's in here. Uh, what's up, Jamie? Uh, Jeff Pringle's up in here. Richard, I said Richard Rush already. DH is up in here. It's good to see all you guys. It's good to have every one of you. And for the nightcap tonight, still uh, working on that bottle of Angel Envy. So cheers to you. I don't know if that works or not. It doesn't really ding too well. Cheers to you, Bills Mafia. <laughs> I got to find some way to. That, that works. Just not, it's just not the best. <laughs> Whatever. Lame. Oh, anyways, moving on. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> Send me super chats if you want to get my attention. Anyways, getting to the football game. My thoughts on this game. So the Buffalo Bills hosted the Atlanta Falcons at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park on a 27-degree snowy day where, well, let's just be honest for a moment, weather was the major factor. Uh, and, you know, come out on top the bills came out on top of this game in a very what we would probably consider unexpected storylines 29 to 15 to improve their record to 10 and 6 and it's it's interesting i say that and even as i say that there's people in the comment section right now who are talking about it being an ugly win talking about not necessarily being uh they, they don't trust this team in the playoffs because of the way that they won it during this football game just sit tight and hang with me for a minute and I'm going to give you my feelings on this football game, which you're probably here for. We're going to go through this thing together, and we're going to have a little bit of a counseling session. Where it's going to be cathartic for all of us, as it is every single week. Uh, but uh, the Bills uh, clinched a playoff spot with this win, with the Ravens having lost the Ravens, the Ravens having lost to the L.A. Rams. Uh, one more game against the Jets to go at home, and we win the AFC East in consecutive years, two years in a row. Under Sean McDermott, this is important, and you may have already seen it on social media, but if you have not, this is this is great stuff. The Bills have made the playoffs three years in a row under Sean McDermott and four out of the last five years. It kind of makes it feel like that 17-year drought never even happened. I know that it did. I'm old. I lived through it, and it was painful, but I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations, tough conversations this season about Sean, but uh, it's hard to argue with the results that he's getting it's hard to argue with what he does as a head coach in the nfl and i love the guy i'm glad he's going to be here for a long time him and bean uh as well as josh allen but uh there is still only one goal in mind and that goal is not necessarily as you hear the players say what i'm about to say the goal is not to go to the super bowl and win the goal at this point is to go one and oh every single week for five more weeks five so, and with that, I'm sure that you're all interested. You probably saw the picture on social media on Twitter. Uh, I am wearing and have worn today, once again, the Boho Mojo jersey, the Corey Bohorquez jersey. Uh, we are officially, for the 2021 season, 3-0 and in the Boho. Last year, just for context, last year, the streak was 8-0. and The Bills went 8-0. and So, I got this jersey. I lost a bet to Jay Spence the King, uh, and I had to buy this jersey. 
And uh, I put it on for the first game. The Bills won. And they went 8-0 from there on out. Reminded you guys of this all the time, that the Bills went 8-0 in this boho jersey. And, oh, by the way, Corey Bohorkas wears nine or wore nine with the Bills. So I think there might be a little bit of taboo as, as far as that number nine game goes. But if we go 8-0 and again in the boho jersey that I'm currently wearing, which people were, like, weird today. Like, on Twitter, they're like, we need to tattoo that jersey to your body. We, one guy said we need to staple it, like, staple it on your body. About seven people were like, don't wash it. I don't know what washing the jersey has to do. It hasn't been washed, <laughs> at least this year. But I don't understand what not washing your jersey has to do. Somehow to sweat and B.O. make it more, like, lucky? Is that a thing? Just seems a little weird to me. I don't know. But uh, last year, the streak, as I was saying, was 8-0. This year, if this is where I was going with all that. This year, I've told you guys a couple times, if you're new, if they go 8-0, the eighth game will bring a Super Bowl parade to downtown Buffalo, which is where we're all, at the end of the day, that is the true goal. The Buffalo Bills have been riding high offensively since halftime against the Bucs. I was at that game, that Tampa game. It was a great game. It was a great experience. I had a lot of fun with Bills Mafia. The, the environment was great. Tampa was great. The stadium was great. It was just a fun game. Uh, but today wouldn't be the script that I would say that we're all necessarily used to or want to see from this Buffalo Bills football team. Basically, pretty much throw the entire script that I said yesterday on the Time to Shine show, what I said or what I felt the Bills needed to do to win this game on offense, you can just throw that right out the window. Because the Buffalo Bills in this game were able to do something that that, that has basically evaded them offensively for a couple years, probably since LaShawn McCoy left this football team. But at the end of the day, all that matters is the win. Here's the thing. For those of you that are upset about it being ugly, for those of you that are concerned about winning this way and what that means for the playoffs, as Bruce Nolan would say, sustainability, all that matters is the win. They don't ask you how you won. They don't say, well, did you win by five points? Did you win by one point? They don't quantify or qualify your win based on points. They don't qualify it based on how many yards your quarterback threw how many touchdowns he threw. They don't qualify it by how well your running back did or your defense did. All they do is they ask you if they if you've won, and then they count the etch marks in the win column. And if it's enough, you get to play extra football games at the end of the year. And that is where the Buffalo Bills find themselves right now. We have clinched a playoff spot. We have not yet clinched the East. Sure enough, assuredly, we will clinch the East Again, for the second time in two years, two years in a row, if we beat the Jets, who put one hell of a football game on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> today, um, the Bucs beat them, but they were they were up on the Bucs big. And then of all the weird circus things to happen, Antonio Brown undresses in the middle of the game and runs off the throws. His, he didn't throw his pads in the stadium. He threw, threw his pads on the bench. And then threw his shirt and his gloves and some other stuff and ran off the field into the stadium and then ran off the field through the end zone, never to return like all crazy people do. So I, that's probably not how I should say it. All mentally unstable people do. I don't know what's going on there, but man, the best part about that, whatever that scenario was, is the Buccaneers proved they didn't even need him. 
like they they basically worked through the whole entire thing and, and completed the comeback without Antonio Brown. Yeah. So got a couple more super chats for you. This one's from my guy, David Reed. David, it's good to see you in the chat. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Couldn't get uh, the punt game established again. <laughs> I'm guessing is what you're saying there. I'm going to talk about it, bro. The Buffalo Bills, you're, you're stealing my thunder, David. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have yet one more no punt game. So this is uh, two no punt games in a row, three in the past two years, and Oddly enough, every no punt game looks completely different. So the first no punt game against the Jets last year was also a no touchdown game. It was just a whole bunch of field goals. Uh, then we had the no punt game last week where the offense was en fuego. And then this week, the no punt game looked completely different, which is uh, is fun. But Josh Allen has three no punt games to his credit. Uh, McMaddy with the Super Chat. Defense basically pitched a shutout today, Joe. How about the play of Harrison Phillips and Dane Jackson? Well... A shutout doesn't really get you 15 points, 13 not including the safety. But, yes, the defense played well. They did they did what they needed to do. I would have liked to have seen them probably squeeze them even harder than they did. But you know what? That 61-yard catch and run by Kyle Pitts, that dude is six foot five. What is he, 255 or 260 pounds? He looks like a slender six foot two wide receiver. He's elusive. He's fast. I, I have serious tight end envy over that dude. That dude is unbelievable. You know, uh, Kadero Patterson is in, is on that football team. You know, the Falcons did some things offensively. We knew they were going to, but yes, Harrison Phillips played very well. Dane Jackson continues to impress. In my opinion, I thought Levi Wallace played well in this football game. The, the corners and the defensive backs continue to play well, even without, even without Tredavious White. Jeff Pringle asks me what I'm drinking. Uh, so at the top of the show, I told you I'm drinking Angel's Envy. So Angel's Envy. So I'm, yeah. One more super chat for you guys from McNizzle. Love the name, bro. McNizzle with the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Glad the Bills didn't get cat, uh, get away. Didn't get way ahead early. Sorry, I'm reading it on a very small screen. I apologize. Um, I think it's good for this team to keep the taste of a close game in their mouths. It's been a roller coaster. Can I just submit real quick? Real quick. Because I agree with you, and I, I know the premise and where you're going with this, and I, I like it. However, they won by two possessions. Somebody else said uh, earlier in the comment section that it bothered them that the game was as close as it was. They won 29 to, 5, uh, 29 to 15. That's not really a close game. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. As we discussed, getting back to my notes, as we discussed, the Falcons are a pass-first team. This weather, this game today, 27 degrees, 17 real feel, snowing the whole game, no real big wind issues, wasn't really a, a situation that was set up to pass for either team. Excuse me, Josh Allen came out hot. He came out red hot. And the, the Falcons are a pass team as well. And, and when you look at the end game stats, and we'll get to those later in the in the show, you know, Matt Ryan didn't have that great of a game either. Now, Josh's game looks completely different because of the way that the script went, the way that the the, the, the game went, ended up going, the way the Bills kind of played the game out, which was the smartest thing they could possibly do. I'll get to that. I don't want to give away my notes, basically is what's happening right now. But the, the Falcons just aren't a very good football team as we saw today. They were 7-8 and eight coming in, 
and they have the worst strength of wins record in the NFL. So those seven wins came from the worst football teams in the NFL, which says a lot about that team. And this is what I would tell you in regards to everybody who's concerned about us not blowing them out by 30 points, the game or the score being too close, only winning 25 or 29 to 14, 15 rather. What a weird score, 29-15, such a strange score. Not, in your opinion, scoring six or seven touchdowns. Listen to this right here. This is the note I have for you. It is incredibly difficult in the NFL for a football team, any football team, to win the turnover battle by four to one, which means you got four takeaways and only gave up one. It's incredibly hard to win the turnover battle in the NFL four to one and still lose by two possessions. And that's what the Falcons did today. If there are fans who need to be concerned or mad or worried or add adjective here about negative feelings towards your favorite football team that you live and die for on Sundays, they came to Buffalo, they got four takeaways, and they still lost by two possessions. Had the Bills not fumbled away the football once and thrown three interceptions, the Bills may very well have put 50 on them because the whole game changes if instead of being up 14 to 2, the Bills are 14 to 5, the Bills are up 21 or 28 to 5. The game looks completely different, especially in a game where Matt Ryan threw just over 50%, if not right around 50% completions. The Falcons are a bad football team. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as well in a second. It looks like there's news coming up here on in the chat about Rick Bates, Ryan Bates. I haven't seen anything, but Dawn is saying the thigh doctor says probably an MCL strain or high ankle sprain. The way that he went over backwards, she's responding to Jeff Pringle, was concerning. I saw it as soon as it happened, and I literally yelled, uh-oh. And McKenna was like, what? And I was like, that's not good. And he went over backwards. And I didn't, they cut away. The broadcast was bad today in this football game. A lot of lack of replays, no end zone shots. It was just, it was just, the whole broadcast was bad. Uh, they cut away after Bates is laying on the field, and they go to a commercial. They come back from commercial and don't even reference Bates being down or being off the field as he had just come off. I had to text somebody. I texted Kristen Kimmick from, from Bill's Mafia Babes. I texted Kristen Kimmick and said, hey, did Ryan Bates walk off the field under his own power? And she said he did. It just It's it's bewildering to me that the, the Fox broadcast was just not good. Just wasn't good. Got another super chat from Bill Sawyer. Bill, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Is this my old buddy Bill from Hamburg? Greetings from San Francisco, Joe. Looking forward to having you out here on the West Coast for your Buffalo Bills Super Bowl live show from Los Angeles. Bill, thank you for the Super Chat. And yes, but I would love to go to L.A. That would be amazing uh, for a live show in L.A. for the Super Bowl if I could get tickets. That would be incredible. But to answer this question, Bill, is this like the first dude that I started playing music with a million years ago on the drums at Hamburg Assembly of God? Is that who this Bill Sawyer is? Please let me know. I'm super, super curious. 
So we can't. Oh my gosh, it is him, Bill. Welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> it is amazing. It's been a while. Yes, it has, my friend. It's amazing. What? It, so sorry, everybody. Sidebar. Uh, just reconnected on YouTube over the Buffalo Bills with an old friend. One of the. So for those of you that don't know, I've been a musician, a, a professional musician of sorts for 25 years. And Bill was the first drummer that I ever played with as far as in like a real kind of like band situation. <laughs> I haven't talked to Bill in about 20 years. So yeah, dude. So uh, hopefully uh, if the Bills make the Super Bowl, you're hosting me. So I'm, I'm letting you know now I'm coming out to your house. But uh, back to the show uh, as far as that was just kind of a cool little moment. Uh, coming into this football game for me, you know, I wasn't nervous, which is not generally or typically normal for me. Generally speaking, I've got a little bit of uh, I'm edginess. No, you know, what if I sp- we talked about it, right? The Bills have made the playoffs for the last five seasons. But before that, we watched this Buffalo Bills team go through 17 years of just trash <laughs> where even if they were up in games, they would find ways to lose. The wheels would come off. It was just not great. So there's always that what if feeling that you've got before a Bills game. I I can't imagine what it's like being a fan of the early 90s Dallas Cowboys team where they were just dominant or the last 20 years of the Patriots and just knowing that your football team is going to be good and never being nervous. We probably should be there as Bills fans, but I'm not yet. Generally, this game for me, however, I wasn't super nervous coming into this game. I was excited at first to see the offensive line remain intact. Dawkins, Bates, Morse, Williams, and Brown run it back. We talked about it on the hump day hotline. We talked, Spence and I talked about it uh, last night on the over or I'm sure, sorry, the, uh, the time to shine segment. You keep, you keep that line together. Show us what they got. And the, they look good again. Dawkins, Bates, Morse, Williams, Brown looked good to me. I tweeted at one point, Rick Bates for left guard vote now. Like, give me Rick, give me Ryan Bates every week at left guard. He's the best left guard on this football team. Then he got hurt. So the thigh doctor, from what I gleaned as far as from the comment section, is more speculating that it's an MCL strain or an ankle sprain. We'll probably obviously find out more tomorrow, if not later in the week, but that's a big deal. I loved the fact that what I saw from this coaching staff was they they brought back Dawkins, Bates, Morse, Williams, Brown. They put Feliciano on the bench and said, you know what, dude, you're the backup center now. You are now taking Bates' role as Bates is taking yours. Because the way that he played last week was phenomenal. He did incredible. That was the best the offensive line looked in years. We talked about it. They ran it back, and they played well again. Even after he got hurt, they played well again. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a second. The Buffalo Bills in this football game hurt themselves a lot offensively. But as we did say already, they they accomplished two no-punt games in a row. And that's funny because this game, as much as you're not punting, you don't want to give the ball away four times, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of like an asterisk or a caveat. Yeah, we didn't punt, but we turned the ball over four times, which isn't fantastic. Three, turnover, three turnovers in the first half and four total in the game, including three picks by Josh Allen, some of them not great. You know, Josh, he he kind of started this game hot. He was in, he was a little bit on fire. He was hitting a lot of guys. He was doing some incredible like Houdini acts where rushers were coming free and they had him dead to rights. 
and he just he would just get away. He would vanish on them. But make no mistake, beginning to end in this football game, regardless of where you feel Josh ended up stat-wise as a passer, and believe me, it's not great, Josh Allen's physical presence was on display in this game. And I would dare to challenge anybody that says, in bad weather football games, you've got to have a run game because it's hard to throw the ball. I would agree with that sentiment that it's a little more difficult. Teams do it. The weather is not nice in New England. Brady did well. The weather is not nice in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady as well in New England. The weather is not great in the wintertime in Kansas City. And Pat Mahomes has no trouble throwing the football in Kansas City in the wintertime. I've lived there. I know it's bad. However, Allen's physical presence was on display this entire game. And I would challenge everybody with this. If we're going to get into these football games where it's snowing, it's cold, Josh Allen is throwing piss missiles at wide receivers who who can't catch the ball because it's 17 degrees outside and their hands are cold. If If they put themselves in a situation where they're just going to run him down the throat of the defense, that's a good thing, and I'm all for it. And the Bills can win that way. Do you want to win that way? It's debatable, right? We, we've seen in the NFL over and over and over time and time again that big physical quarterbacks or athletic quarterbacks can't sustain winning situations if they run first or if they're, if they're big-time runners. I think situationally, it might not be a bad thing. Obviously, I would prefer to have a dominant running back, and Devin Singletary played well today in this game. But Allen's physical presence was on display in this football game. It was noticeable from start to finish. He was a monster in this game. The Buffalo Bills found themselves down at halftime. And I'll be honest with you, I never got nervous in this game. I got angry. He got, I got angry. So at halftime, I got up and I actually cleaned the kitchen. Because <laughs> I, was, I was annoyed that it was 15 to 14 that they were beating us. This football team, the Buffalo Bills, had no business being down to this team at any point, even with the safety at the beginning of the game. But at the end of the day, you know, and there were some interceptions and there were some turnovers, and Josh Allen throws risky balls. And sometimes they get intercepted. And here's the thing that Bills Mafia has to understand and be okay with. You can't love what he does in a lot of in a lot of games take the patriots game where it's magical oh my gosh did you see the ball he threw and it's getting played and run on good morning football and nfl live and every single day they're talking about the ball that josh Allen threw or the couple passes that he threw and how magical it was you can't fall in love with a guy and buy his jersey because he has these magical plays and then hate it hate him And complain when sometimes mistakes happen. Because at the end of the day, what my dad taught me when I was very young is still true. Running backs fumble, quarterbacks throw interceptions. It's just what happens. Quarterbacks are going to throw interceptions. Running backs are going to fumble. And at the end of the day, football is still a game of inches. Maybe less. Mike Kingsley with a super chat. Mike, my good buddy, Mike, good to see you, bud. Thank you for being a part of the show. 
We didn't need the run game because of the weather today. We needed it, and thank goodness it finally showed up to settle down Sugar High Josh. Um, it, that segue is perfect. <laughs> I was texting Mike during the game. Mike and I were texting back and forth. That segue is perfect. I, How do I feel? So I, I don't know that he was Sugar High Josh. I don't know where his head was at. Because for me, my only real complaint in this football game is this, and I don't have a lot of them. The Bills, it was an ugly win. Again, the win is all that matters. I was happy to see them ground and pound and and grind out this game. But my only real complaint was Josh Allen rifling the football at people. As I said before, a couple minutes ago, throwing piss missiles at people. Why in the world, if it's 27 degrees outside and snowing, 17 real feel, are you throwing 90-mile-an-hour fastballs at your wide receiver? There was just no need for And one of them was an incredible play. I'm going to get to it when I get to the like quarter breakdowns. He threw the football through through the eye of a needle to Gabe Davis in the first quarter. And he threw it on a frozen rope, literally frozen because it was 17 degrees. What? Why? What is the point? Why was he throwing the football that hard? And then early in the game, guys were catching it. And then we all watched as Stephon Diggs dropped that ball or the ball hit his hands in the end zone. And he comes off the field shaking his hand like that thing hurt. Why is he throwing the hardest balls he can possibly throw? At what what point is he trying to prove? And at the end of the day, several, two of those at least interceptions happened because he threw them on a line. They got tipped, deflected, and somebody else caught them. One of them he should never have thrown. The one in the end zone. But the other one was the same thing. I mean, he's throwing footballs on a line. That's the only complaint that I have about this. Now, whether it was super uh, sugar high Josh or not, I we don't know. I don't know. We don't know what goes on in his head. We see him stew on the sideline, get angry, and just kind of sit there. And, and I don't want to say sulk. He's not sulking. He, you can tell that he's just internalizing, which is a good thing. Because general, generally when that happens, he comes back and he plays better, stronger. But I don't, I don't understand... For the life of me, Brian Dable, and it's not the first time we've seen it. Brian Dable can talk to Josh Allen in his ears, in his helmet, up until I think, is it 15 seconds or 13 or 11 seconds? So if the play clock hits 40, plays over, play clock hits 40. Why in the world is Brian Dable not saying to Josh Allen or somebody when the offense is not on the field, but Brian Abel, Josh, you, you don't have to throw the ball that hard. Josh, stop, stop trying to rip their hands off of the football. Josh, it's 17 freaking degrees outside. Put a little touch on the ball, bro. I just, I think that's the part that evades me and escapes me in all of these conversations. Why is he throwing balls that hard, that fast? In a game like this, there's moments that it's important. I'll be honest with you. That pass that he threw to Gabe Davis, that, like I said, he, th- he threaded the eye of a needle between two defenders. The defenders were literally inside of a yard. There was one on his right and one on Gabe Davis's left. Josh looked at it was like, watch this, and threw a smoke cannon right into, like, Gabe Davis's chest. And the two guys, the defenders that were standing there were like, what just happened? How did you get the football? That that pass 
Absolutely 100%. 100% needed to come at, at, at Gabe, Gabriel Davis as fast as Josh Allen could throw the football. The ball to Stephon Diggs in the end zone? No, it didn't. <laughs> Payton, <laughs> Payton in the comment section says maybe Dable told him to kill a man. <laughs> Josh, I want you to I want you to throw the ball so hard that he actually goes through a human. Throw it through a human. I don't think that's actually what's happening. <laughs> that's my only complaint in this football game. That's my only complaint. And I and I don't want to break down my notes, but can we talk about Gabe Davis for a minute and just the player that he is and how good this offense is when he's playing? Gabe Davis is just he is an important part of this football team. Probably at this point, more important than Cole Beasley. I said it. I said it out loud. I love Cole Beasley. I'm, I'm, I'm a half inch away from getting a Cole Beasley jersey. If Cole probably wasn't going to be on this football team next year, I would get a Cole Beasley jersey. I love the guy, but Gabe Davis is probably more important. More important than Cole Beasley right now. Triggs with the super chat. Now, he always super chats in pounds. And last night during the chop-up with Jay Spencer King and Kristen Kimmick, I had to look up. <laughs> I had to look up what this meant. So I'm guessing Triggs is in the UK, which is pretty cool. So appreciate uh, you tuning in, bro. I know it's late wherever you are. Dable is not helping calling deep routes. So that's uh, that's a funny thing, too. And somebody 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 tweeted me about it. Uh, they, tweet, they wanted to see. So on that pass play that Triggs is referencing, Josh Allen stood in the pocket, as you remember, for a very long time. He probably stood in the pocket for four, five, six seconds before he let the ball go. And somebody was like, hey, I'm excited to see you guys break that play down on the John Fina show, the off-tackle with John Fina show, because he had so much time in the pocket. And I responded tweet-wise. I said, well, if it helps you, when Josh threw it, I screamed, why, at the television? Because there was just no need for that pass at that point in the game. And that, to me, I think is another big frustration, although, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to talk about frustrations necessarily. But if there's a frustration as well, it just seems like those deep, those deep balls, those deep opportunities come at weird times when it's almost pointless. It just seems straight. Strange, rather. It just seems strange. But what's cool about this football game, getting back to my notes, um, today may have been the first time we have seen the past game struggle and the Buffalo Bills adjust to it not working and moving more towards the run and it actually worked. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to give you some Devin Singletary thoughts. Listen to this. I don't know if anybody else did this research. I'm sure every podcaster and content creator is going to say this. I did some research, not a lot. I'm not, I never was good in school. Well, that's not true. I, I was good in school. I just didn't necessarily do research and study and do homework. Um, I was, I had kind of, I don't know what it means when you, not a photographic memory, but if I hear somebody talk, like I remember conversations almost photographically. Like, so if I have a conversation with somebody, generally I remember it verbatim, line by line. Um, so that's how I got through school. But I did some research. All that to say this, I did some research on, on the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary in this football game. First, he had 100, I think it was 110 yards rushing. 
He had a, he was the first 100-yard rusher. Can anybody guess? Anybody in the comment section? Can you guess when the last time the Buffalo Bills had a 100-yard rusher and who it was? Can anybody guess? Now, I don't know how much time it's going to take for people to kind of catch up to that. I think some people have already done their research because <laughs> I'm getting correct answers, I believe, already. So I'm just going to give it away, but you guys can keep throwing it in there. It was not LaShawn McCoy, Justin. The last time the Buffalo Bills had a 100-yard rusher was November 24th of 2019 against the Denver Broncos. And it was Devin Singletary. Okay, Jessica Tennis, you're cheating. And it, it was it was not Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen actually had a 100-yard rushing game this year. Running back. So I, I apologize. I need to clarify uh, a 100-yard rushing game from a running back. The last, yeah, there it is, David, David Reed. Last 100-yard rusher was Devin Singletary, November 24th, 2019, against the Denver Broncos. The Buffalo Bills, listen to this. For everybody that has a problem, and I'm I'm total rabbit trailing in my notes. So this is in my notes. It's a planned rabbit trail in my notes. The Buffalo Bills, for everybody that feels like the Bills cannot win without complimentary football, the Bills cannot win without an effective running game, the Bills cannot win, you know, blah, 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 got to have a number one back, a running back one, got to average four yards of carry, got to have a LaShawn McCoy, got to have a guy, got to be able to lean on it, got to whatever, blah, 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 blah. The Bills cannot sustain winning, cannot sustain winning without a, a solid complimentary running game. The Buffalo Bills, since that game, November 24th, 2019, against the Denver Broncos. The Bills are 29 and 13. Win loss. 29 and 13 playoffs included. If you remove the playoffs, the Bills are 27 and 11. Seems to me that that's a winning formula. To me, that's as much as everybody tried content creators around the world, not just Bills Mafia or whatever team. Content creators always try to use, whether it's national media or hobbyists like myself, try to use statistics to prove their point, to write their narrative. I don't know that this one holds up. I don't know that there's, I, I, to me, this, 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 this statistic says the opposite. You don't have to have a hundred yard rushing running back to win football games in the NFL. And this idea that you got to have one in the playoffs. I don't even know why that is. I don't even know why that's qualified as a statement. Well, when you get to the playoffs, Joe, you got to have a good running back. Yeah, it's just like the Buffalo Sabres. And when they won the President's Cup in 2006 and they were the number one scoring team in the NHL and everybody knows because it's just what you know that if you go to the playoffs in the NHL, you've got to play good defense. So the Sabres win the President's Trophy, outscore everybody by eight or nine goals a game, go to the playoffs, and decide to become a defensive hockey team and lose and never make the finals instead of just being who they are. Like I said, planned rabbit trail in my notes. Soapbox, if you will. By the way, this show might go a little bit longer than an hour. I apologize ahead of time. Anyways, Buffalo Bills are 29 and 13 since that last 100-yard rusher, Devin Singletary against the Denver Broncos. One little caveat, one little caveat, and this just hit me in the football game. I was watching Matt Ryan's 
personality on the sidelines. I was just watching who he was like during the, during the broadcast. I was just paying attention to Matt Ryan. Cause I I've always kind of liked Matt Ryan as a quarterback. There seems to be a time for some players where football professional football at that just kind of becomes a job. That's the vibe I get from Matt Ryan. That at this point, like he went to the, he went to the Super Bowl. They were up by 25 points. They lost that game. That team has never recovered. And at this, and now we're just in a situation where Matt Ryan's a good quarterback in the NFL, like literally a good quarterback. He's not bad. He's one of the better. I'm not, he's not top five. He may not be top 10, but he's a good quarterback. He's top 15. But at this point, it's like, you know what? This is my job. I cash really good, really big paychecks. And this is what I do. And at some point I retire. It's just a, just a job. Like it just doesn't, there doesn't seem to be as much. And as much as I say that he had that whole sequence that we're going to talk about in about a half a second, you know, in the end zone with Jordan Boyer, but he just doesn't seem to have that same competitive fire that even a guy like Tom Brady still has. He had it for one play in this game one, but I didn't see it for a full 60 minutes. Like we saw it out of Josh Allen fourth quarter. Josh Allen rushes for a first down and he's doing that shoulder roll. The swagger from Josh Allen doing that shoulder roll. It just, I don't know. So two rabbit trails in a row for you. How about that in my notes? If you're wondering if I'm ADD at the moment, yes, that's what that means. Story of the football game. Story of this game. The story of this football game for me is literally the adjustments. The adjustments in game by this coaching staff for this offense is the story 1,000% for this football game. The Buffalo Bills did something in this game that they have not been able to do since Allen has been here. Generally speaking, if you if you remember all of Allen's football games, when the wheels begin to come off and the pass is not working, and even there's an aspect of Josh Allen starting to kind of try to take the game over with his legs, When the best player on the field, Josh Allen, isn't working, it's not It's not being successful, the Buffalo Bills continue to try to force things. They continue to try to force the pass. They continue to try to force Josh Allen rushing. They sometimes throw in forced weird runs. Josh Allen gets to the point where, like, the pass isn't working and they're, they're bottling him up, and the Bills like start slamming running backs just into the offensive line, like straight up the middle, because as John Fina says, the fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line. So let's just slam the running back up the middle. And I love John Fina. That's not a slam on John Fina. He's right. When your offensive line is good, that makes 100% sense. But when the wheels come off for the Bills, they just force things. It just never feels to flow. It, it, never, it never seems poetic. It never waxes nice. It just seems like, oh, this game is going to suck. And today they made adjustments. And those adjustments worked beautifully. There was a point where the Bills did the opposite of what we screamed for. We scream, and I have been one of the biggest proponents since last year. Since last year, I have said, never run the ball unless it's with Josh Allen. Pass, 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 maybe run, pass, pass, 
pass, pass. Why? Because this is who you are. You've got five legitimately great wide receivers. You've got the best arm in football. Pass the football. Even with your offensive line that's not necessarily the best offensive line or probably not even in the top 15, they're probably not even the top half of the league, pass the ball. That's me. I've been that guy. But today in this football game, the Bills adjusted. They made a change, and it was the right change. It worked. It was the opposite of what we scream for. We scream, abandon the run, abandon the run, abandon the run, stop running the ball, abandon the run, especially this year. But today in this football game, they abandoned the pass. And it was extremely successful with Josh and Devin Singletary. That, to me, is the story of this football game. However, there is a caveat. Let's not forget for one second that the Falcons are a bad defensive football team. And upon looking back, I went through some of the game film today already. There were a lot of times in that game, in this game, where the Falcons defensive players just didn't want to tackle Devin Singletary and Josh Allen anymore, or at least by themselves. If you go back and you watch the game, there was many situations where they just were not committed to, it was 17 freaking degrees outside real field. And we've heard Steve Tasker and John Fina and these guys talk about playing football when it's that cold. It hurts. And when you're not from the North, that's the situation where home field advantage kind of takes over. These guys are from Atlanta. It was probably 75, 80 degrees in Atlanta today. They play in a dome. You're in the third quarter, fourth quarter of a football game. And you get to the point where like 245 pound, six foot six, Josh Allen's running at you. It's like, I don't want to tackle that guy. This is going to suck. So kudos to the staff for sticking with the run in that weather and grinding that football game out. It was great. I loved it. And can we just give a quick shout out, two thumbs up, whatever you want to call it, to Devin Singletary. He has been playing like a man possessed the last several weeks. And frankly, we'd love to see it. Love to see it. Real quick, going through the quarters. Ja, uh, so I'm just going to I'm gonna quickly hit this stuff. There's some fun stuff in here. This was a fun game to watch. Uh, quarter one, the Falcons' first possession, you know, they, they punted after about four minute, four, a four-minute drive. It's cold out. It was weathery. You know, the punt gets fumbled by Marquez Stevenson, resulting in a safety. It's 2 nothing Falcons. What a, what a weird sequence of events. Falcons' second possession, the three and out. It ends with a sack by Taron Johnson. As the Bills bring pressure from the right side, they totally sold out like a house blitz from that side of the line. Taron gets through, sacks him. Bills finally get their first possession. He uh, Josh Allen, this is where he was on fire. He immediately hits Cole Beasley for, for, uh, for a first down. And then that play that I was talking about where he threads, he threaded the football through like an eye of a needle to Gabe Davis. It was incredible. What an incredible pass. Then another great pass to Gabe Davis on a third and 10. Josh Allen in this football game was, was doing his best Houdini impressions. I talked about it earlier. Guys were coming at him and and he would just like, he would vaporize and he'd be gone. Then he hits uh, Stephon Diggs inside the five. Allen throws, and then he throws the football. We talked about it way too hard to Stephon Diggs in that first quarter, fourth down. Bills go the next play. They get a pass interference on Stephon Diggs. It's first and goal. Allen runs it in for six. Bills are up seven to two. Falcons third possession. 
right? Greg Rousseau, we get a Greg Rousseau sighting. He sacks uh, uh, Matt Ryan, forces a fumble. Harrison Phillips recovers for his first fumble recovery of the year. Bill's second possession. Gabe Davis has that circus catch. As soon as I watched it, I was like, that's a catch. And then they showed on the replay. I was like, right foot down when he gets the ball. Left foot touches. Sure enough, catch. Josh Allen on the quarterback sweep to the right. Touchdown. Bills are up 14-2. At this point in time, the Bills, you think, should have the game in hand. Falcons' fourth possession kind of leads into the, into the second quarter. Real quick, though, I've got a super chat. For my girl, Pam Adonna, Pamela. What's up, Pam? Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. We are looking at a strong possibility of facing the Pats first week in the playoffs. They scored 50 points today against the Jaguars. What do I feel, Joe Miller, about facing the Patriots? I hate it. I'm already devising or trying to figure out all the ways that it looks like what has to happen for the Bills not to face the Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. Do I think the Bills are a better team? Yes. Do, do the Bills playing the Patriots at home favor the Bills? Yes. I just don't, I don't, I don't want to spend the entire offseason having to deal with if the Bills don't beat the Patriots in the playoffs. I don't, I don't feel great about it. If there's a team I don't want to play, I want to play them less than I want to play the Colts. I want to play them less than I want to play the Chiefs. That's how I feel about it. Thanks for the super chat, Pam. Appreciate you. As always, second quarter of this football game, the Falcons uh, driving in the second quarter. Nice little drive for three points, 14-5 Buffalo Bills. The Bills third possession of the half. The Bills drive the field and Allen throws a second red zone pick of his career on a tip ball, a ball that he should not have thrown. He should have just thrown it away or worse, taken the sack, but not as bad as throwing an interception in that situation. Falcons ball, 320 in the half. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's where the 61-yard catch to Pitts happens. Falcons have the ball inside the Bills, 20. And then Davis scores the touchdown. And Tremaine Edmonds probably should have been a bigger factor than he was on that play. 14-12 Bills. Bills with the ball, 148. After a strong run by Moss, Allen with the second interception. Beasley. This is what's weird is Beasley was jammed on his route. This one to me was not a, a Josh Allen error. This was a miss on the referees who were calling ticky-tack crap and then picking up penalties, picking up flags on personal fouls and stuff like that. The defender cannot block the the running back when he's doing when he's in his break, when he breaks to the to his left in his route, the defender can't block him. Even if it's incidental, it's not legal. That happened it caused Josh or it caused Beasley to not be where he was supposed to be. And the ball sailed right to the defender. But the Falcons then drive with a couple big plays and three timeouts, 24 yard field goal. Falcons up 15 14. This is where I'm more frustrated than anything else. Half number two. This is where things kind of change. The Bills get the ball back on the 29 yard line. The ball is tipped again. Allen, third pick. In my opinion, this is another one. This is the situation where Josh just threw the ball too freaking hard. He threw it too hard in that second pick. He just, but he shouldn't have thrown that ball at all. Atlanta's first possession of the first, of the second half, three and out. Bills defense playing complimentary football at this point. They bailed the offense out, which was phenomenal. The Bills' second possession from the twenty. Devin Singletary two big runs. Listen, this is the sequence. Devin. So after that interception, Singletary two big runs. Big run from Allen. 
Then there was a, a, a the, the personal foul against Allen that got picked up. It was a trash call, but it was a tr- even trashier pickup. They never should have picked that flag up. Allen was going to the ground. He was giving himself up. The defender clearly aimed for Allen low and went after him. No, it wasn't a hard hit, but it was a personal foul by every definition. Devin Singletary touchdown, two point conversion to Cole Beasley. Good. The the, the and that two point Cole, two point conversion to Beasley. Josh Allen actually took a little off the ball, and Beasley was able to handle it. Falcons second possession of the second half, forced to punt. Bills third possession. This was the moment for me. It was like oh, between the last possession and this possession, this is the moment where I'm like the Bills have now abandoned the the pass. The Bills are no longer passing the football. And what I mean by that is not that they're not passing at all. They've just gone from being 70-30 pass to 70-30, 70 70-20 run. The Bills legitimately abandoned the pass in this football game. Crazy. I'll get to the two Super Chats as soon as I finish the fourth quarter. I'm almost done. Fourth quarter, Josh Allen passed to Stephon Diggs. It looked like a first down. I felt like it was a first down. It didn't matter. They gave him fourth down in inches. Allen converts. Allen with a tough run, and I talked about this a second ago where he comes up rolling his shoulders, just the moxie and the swagger for Josh Allen. Then another touchdown run by Devin Singletary. 29-15. Buffalo Bills, thank God for the doink, 29-15. Not that they would have won a 28-15, but Tyler Bass doinks it in off the uh, off the upright. Falcons third possession. This is where it gets fun. <laughs> The Falcons have picked up the pace at this point. They're snapping the ball within 10 seconds, 13 seconds of the play clock actually starting. They drive the entire field. There's a seven-yard touchdown run by Matt Ryan for a touchdown, but he was short, and he gets flagged for taunting. All of us watch this. He gets up chirping at, at, at Poyer. McKenna's sitting next to me, and she's like, that's taunting. <laughs> sure enough, they call the taunting penalty, and she's like, well, what happens now? And I'm like, well, it gets assessed on the kickoff. And then they go back to the replay. He comes up short. Third and, uh, it was what is it? First and goal from the 16, second and goal from the 16. Or no, I, I don't think it was either. It was third and goal from the 16, right? Third and goal from the 16, incomplete. Fourth and goal from the 16, jump ball, incomplete. Football game. Right there, football game. Got a bunch of super chats here to get through real quick as that's just kind of me working through the game. You guys are super chatting me to death tonight. It's great. Just like last week. Triggs back in the show. But why is Beasley running a go route? Well, let's keep in mind that Beasley's not slow. It wasn't really, if, you're, if, if, if I'm thinking of the same play you're thinking of, Triggs, it wasn't really a go route necessarily. And verticality doesn't necessarily equate to speed, and speed doesn't necessarily equate to verticality. So guys like Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley can run go routes. They can, and they can be successful at them. We see it. I don't question that at all. The guys I don't want to see running go routes, Pat DeMarco in playoff games. Those are the guys I don't want to see running go routes. That's just me. Eric Farrell with a super chat. I saw the Belichick and Jones press conferences after we kicked their asses. I don't know why I bleeped it up and then said it. We got them. I feel like the Buffalo Bills are a better football team. A hundred percent. So this goes back to the question of, you know, if we face the, the Patriots, how do I feel about it? The Bills are a better football team. I just... There's something about the mystique of Bill Belichick. I don't think it's the Patriot way. I don't think it's 
you know, do your one eleventh. I don't think it's any of that stuff. I think there's there's no Patriot or like a Raider mystique. I think it's Belichick. I think coaches, head coaches and coaching stabs, when they play against Belichick, they don't think of it like they're playing against pick a pick a head coach, right? I, I feel like they're just like, oh my God, we're playing, we're playing Bill Belichick. We got to do something different. We got to trick him. We got to figure out some way to like beat him. And Bill Belichick's over there like doing elementary football stuff. Like, well, I'm just going to take away the pass and then run the ball down your throat. And they're and like other teams are like trying to figure out ways on how to beat Bill Belichick. And he's just like, eh, we're just going to do something simple. And then he beats him. That's the stuff that makes me nervous. Jessica Tennis, thanks for being a part of the show. Super chat. Rather play New England than the Colts. I don't want to see Taylor. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of agree. I know I said I'd rather see the Colts than New England, but the Colts are kind of weirdly pretenders. Like they got they got beat this weekend. Weird. Pam Madonna, Pamela back in the show. Joe, how are you feeling? We will do in the playoffs. You know, that's what's funny. I, I had a segment in my notes that I took out uh for this show in regards to all of the teams that are like potentially in the playoffs and like how much craziness is going on and it's almost as much as we're going to hear this week about who is best apt to win in the playoffs who's ready to go who's best suited to win going forward the reality is this it's none of them the Ravens went from being the one seed to out of the playoffs completely inside of like three or four weeks the Chiefs went from being trash to being the one seed, to now being out of the one seed, and the Titans, who were the one seed, bounced out of the one seed and now are back to being the one seed. Every single good team has gotten beat by trash teams. This is the weirdest football year ever. So for me to say I have an idea of how the Bills, I think it's a crapshoot. I think every team has the opportunity in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, and they're probably going to face the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, right? That's probably what's going to happen. Rick Beam is always right with the Super Chat. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you part, being part of the show. I feel like the Bills are just waiting to get into the playoffs to turn it up like today's game looked like they were. They just want to get into the, into the dance healthy. I don't agree. Part of the thing that bothers me with this team, I've talked about it a lot this week, is Josh Allen's comments from last weekend when he was asked, why does this offense look different since the second half of the Tampa Bay Bucks game? And he said, and I quote, we just have a sense of urgency. The reality is, is there's only 17 games in the NFL season. There's not 82 or 84 like the NHL. There's not 100 and what is it, 26 in baseball. You can't go on a three-game losing streak in the NFL and expect to make the playoffs. You have to have a sense of urgency every single freaking football game. And the Bills just have not had that this season. So for me, I don't think this is a switch that they're necessarily waiting to turn on. I think there's offensive philosophical, not issues, but thoughts, philosophical thoughts on who they feel like they should be versus realizing and just accepting who it's the teenage kid problem, right? Looking in the mirror and being like, this is just who I am and being okay with it. And I think the bills have a problem with that. They want to be something they're not. Just perfect, just a perfect thought. 162. Is it 160? I don't even know how many games there are. It's ridiculous. It's the reason, Juan, it's the reason that I stopped watching baseball. When you can go on a 15-game losing skid and it doesn't matter, there's no point in even watching your sport. Like legit, no point. 
No point at all. Real quick, game stats in this football game. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was 11 of 26 for 120 yards, three interceptions. This might have been his worst professional game as a passer. And at the same time, he balled out and was a monster. <laughs> Stephon Diggs had uh, kind of an attempt, but not really. Uh, rushing, Devin Singletary, 23 for 110 yards, 4.8 4. yards of carry. What a game he had, two touchdowns. Josh Allen was 15 of 81, or he had 15 for 81, rather, 81 yards rushing. The Buffalo Bills, it looks like they ran for, what, 240 yards, something like that. Crazy in this football game. Zach Moss had a good football game, made some great cuts, was seeing the holes, uh, was evading contact. It was great to see Zach uh, play the way that he did, 5 for 39. Isaiah McKenzie, 1 for 3. Stephon Diggs, uh, 5 of 52 for 10-yard average. Gabriel Davis, 3 of 40. Cole Beasley, 2 for 22. Isaiah McKenzie, 1 for 6. The Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan was 13 to 23 for 197. He didn't have a great game either. Mike Davis, 8 for 42. Cordero uh, Patterson, uh, 9 for 28. Uh, Kyle Pitts, what a, what a talent he is, 2 for 69. At the end of the day, this football game is more about total yards. The Bills at 351. The Falcons, 265. Uh, first downs, the Bills at 28, Falcons 18. Third down efficiency, the Bills were 7 of 12. The Falcons 1 of 7. Fourth downs, the Bills were 1 of 1. The Falcons were 0 and 1. And at the end of the day, the Bills ran 71 plays to the Falcons 50. And the, and the Falcons got sacked five times to the Bills 1. And oh, by the way, the Falcons punted four times. And the Bills punted none, which is very, very big. Very big. So, this is the wonderful moment of the show. Oh, I got to do the dude awards. I almost jumped uh, a little bit early. So the dude awards. And I got to do something a little different in this show. Something I've not done before. So for those of you that are not familiar with the dude awards, the dude awards are my arrow up, thumbs up, arrow up, arrow down, thumbs up, thumbs down. A lot of guys do like the thumbs up, thumbs down type stuff. Arrow up, arrow down. I do the dude awards. Dude, 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 good game, dude. Dude, you get my dude award. Dude, you did it. Yet it's such a good game. Conversely, you get the dude award if you did not play well. Dude, it just, it just, dude, you just, it's got to be better, bro. Dude, it just wasn't good. So my first dude award goes to dude, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, man. I just, I, I talked about it last week. Just the fact that, uh, you know, this football team has done everything that they have, they, they could possibly do in the last couple of years. To, to tell you or show you that they don't want you to be their RB1, but you continue to show up and play hard. And not only do you continue to show up, the last four or five games, you have played with an edge and an energy and just a moxie that we have not seen from you, even like all the way going back to your rookie season. So, Devin, you get my first dude award. My second dude award goes to Josh Allen. I know that's not going to ring well with a lot of people, but sit tight for a second. As I said, I'm going to do something I haven't done on this show before. Josh Allen... His physicality, his talent took over that football game, even if it wasn't with his arm. He used every bit of who he was as a leader, who he was as a football player, who he was as just a physical specimen to take over and basically crush the spirits of that Falcons defense. My last dude award goes to, and there could be more. I should have given Ed Oliver a dude award. There's a lot of guys that are worthy. Goes again once two weeks in a row to the offensive line. They played very well in this football game. They each one of them get a dude award. Now, my dude award goes to, <laughs> this is the moment, Josh Allen. <laughs> Very rare for me to give a dude award to the same guy, both dude awards, a good dude, bad dude. Josh just was not 
I don't know what was going on. Uh, again, Payton called it sugar high Josh, or no, it wasn't. It was Mike Kingsley said sugar high Josh. I don't know what's going on or what what was going on in Josh's head, why he was throwing piss missiles at people. But at the end of the day, touch is a nice thing, especially when the wind isn't blowing 50 miles an hour in your face. Like there's nothing wrong. If it's cold, you can still throw touch passes to people. I don't know what he was thinking, why he felt like he had to rifle every ball. I don't know if there was a really hot chick in the front row of the stands. That's a joke. I know he's like totally committed to Britt, Will, Britt Williams, so that was a joke. I probably shouldn't have said that. It just came off the cuff. I'm sorry to everybody, Josh Allen included. I don't know what he was thinking. Basically, all that to say this, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if there was like somebody out there with a radar gun that was like trying to like, is Josh Allen going to throw the hardest pass ever in football history today? And like he was like, I'm up for the challenge. I don't know what it was, but anyway. My last dude award goes to Tremaine Edmonds. I just felt like Tremaine Edmonds struggled a little bit in this football game. He was out of position a lot. Um, there was times when his nose and his face should have made a really good point in the football game, and uh, he should have been there, but he just kind of wasn't. So uh, my last dude award goes to, or I should say dude, award goes to Tremaine Edmonds. Last Super Chat, or one of the last Super Chats, the next Super Chat of the show, and then I'm going to read your tweets. Comes from Triggs back into the show. Sanchez should not be a commentator. <laughs> Mr. Buttfumble shouldn't be a commentator. I don't want to hear from any from a guy critiquing Allen's bad decisions who threw more interceptions and touchdowns in his career. While you are correct, while you are correct, I will say this. Regardless of how he performed on the field, he played professional football, and he absolutely knows what a good decision is. And a bad decision is. So there's a big difference between knowing right and wrong and being in the moment and doing right and wrong, especially when 300-pound linemen are coming at you, which is what quarterbacks go through. Before I read your tweets, as I showed or I said to you at the top of the show, you are tuned into the overreaction uh, Buffalo Bills postgame show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction postgame show. My name is Joe Miller. Find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And who is the market dominator? The market dominator is my guy, John Spascheck. John Spascheck is a real estate agent with Keller Williams. And John is what he considers, and I've said this every week, he's a life transition specialist. And John, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are actually uh, using John right now to buy a home. So if you are uh, in the market to buy a house, if you're in the market to sell a house, call the best guy in Western New York to call. His team is the best. You want to call John? Uh, you want to call John? You can reach him on his cell phone seven one six five seven zero three two nine eight. Then we're going seven one six five seven zero three two nine eight. Do me a favor, John. Just changed his. He started a new Twitter handle. He changed it from Your Elite Broker to at M Dominator. Do me a favor when the show's over, go over to M Dominator and uh, follow John. But uh, if you or anybody you know is going to be in the market to buy or sell a home soon please do myself, me a favor and call one of my very, very, very good friends. Uh, so good to the fact or to the point that I literally call him family. Call John. You will not regret it. He is the best. His team is the best. Give John a buzz. Again, 716-570-3298. One last super chat. I keep saying last. I don't know if it's going to be the last or not. Another super chat before I read your texts, uh, your tweets rather, uh, from Axon Jackson. I like it. Axon Jackson, 222. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show, bro. Uh, it's okay to criticize Josh after this game. It's okay for the media to criticize Josh after this game. That's a good rat poison, as Saban would say, that he, he can use going into the playoffs. He's definitely not happy with the way that he played. I would guarantee you of that. I'm going to read your tweets, and then I'm going to get you guys out of here. So I tweeted after this game, how's the hashtag Big Dub got you feeling Bill's Mafia? 
but the Bills clinch a playoff spot in an ugly win, but find the ground game while doing it. Hashtag reply and retweet. Reading your tweets live on the show at 9 p.m. Let me just refresh this thing to make sure I've got all of them. First one comes from Apex. Hashtag, or I should, uh, uh, dash, hashtag sports. Uh, Handle is at Apex006. Happy we got the win. Not worried about the passing game long term. It was awesome to see the run game get going today. That will only help us moving forward, which is 1,000% true, bro. Next, we lock up the AFC East and then roll into the playoffs playing our best ball. Hashtag Wildest Dreams Land. We're close to Wildest Dreams Land, but we're not there yet. Colin Jordan at Colin Jordan 17. He's got me feeling like trash about this team. (laughs) It's Victory Monday, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Just win, baby. Eric Farrell just said it. Just win, baby. C-Dub, hashtag Bills Mafia, at Chris Wells 73. Ugly wins are like bad sex. It doesn't matter. Still had sex. <laughs> Still got the win. It's true. Bring on the Jets and the division crown. Looks like the Bills. Pats round three happening in two weeks. It's going to be awesome, baby. Hashtag go Bills. Thank you for being a part of the show. My girl T. Estelle, at T-E-E-S-T-E-L-L. The Bills somehow find a way to always shoot themselves in the foot, but I'm glad they turned it around. It was a sloppy game, but games like this in December, a win is a win. Go Bills. She's not wrong. My guy Richard Rush at Richard R. Rush, too. Ugly day from Josh, but they found their run game. Not saying I called balance, which he did on the time to shine, but I called it. Still only right once a year, and I still don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Laugh out loud. I don't want to hear build a dome because New England, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Denver don't play in the dome. You know what, Richard? As much as you say that, I'm probably on the side of the dome. I think I crossed over that line a few weeks ago after the Patriots, the Patriots game in the wind. And the reality is this for me. The Buffalo Bills have the face of the entire city, Josh Allen, playing for them. Give the man a dome. Mr. Pagula, Mrs. Pagula, whatever you have to do. Give the face of our city a dome. So, Richard, respectfully, I love you. I disagree with you. Give this man a dome. Give him a dome so that we can play high-flying, greatest show on turf-type football forever, at least for the next 15 years. <laughs> Steve at Steve Westerhouse. Thanks for being a part of the show. Great. That's how he feels. Don't even care about the picks. Swapped punting for a few picks, and he's not wrong. He's exactly right about that. Great run game today. So true. Cassandra Carr at Underscore Cassandra Carr. Waiting for the AFC East title be like, and she's got Sylvester pacing the floor, which is great. Love that gif. Two more for you. Jackie Broder at Broder Jackie. Sweet relief. Now let's go. But leave it to Josh to follow a career game by three picks. Then after so much hand wringing and condemnation by Bill's Mafia, and after giving up the run game for dead, a thing happened, and these guys rallied around 17 and buoyed him up. Powerful statement. I agree. His team had his back today. Bills Media 716, at Bills Media 716. Who, oh, by the way, has a fundraiser going for Ike Bucker's charity? Go follow at Bills Media 716 and uh, uh, give. I think they're giving in $6.50 increments, and they've raised tens of thousands of dollars, if I'm not mistaken, to this point. So to Ike Bucker's charity. One more win for the East, Joe. One more. Josh didn't play great in uh, in the air, obviously, but I love the fact that they adjusted quick and worked the run. Allen and Motor look electric on the ground and carried us to the win. Defense looked great, too. A win is a win. Go Bills. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's a win. Oh, a win is a win. And I'm wrong. 
So John Spaschek is live in the comment section. He says the new Twitter handle is at mdominator716. So if you're on Twitter, do me a solid and jump over and follow the Market Dominator on Twitter at mdominator716. He is Bill's Mafia. You will not regret it. Super chat coming in from Triggs once again. I was waiting for a fatality or brutality to come up after every Allen missile. <laughs> well, on the show, we're referring to them as piss missiles. But yes, after every single missile. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Postgame Show. Brought to you by my great friend, John Spascheck, the market dominator. Who, if you are in the market to buy or sell a home, you need to call as soon as possible. Unless you have a relative in the in the industry, call John at 716-570-3298. And John, John just gave me a super chat <laughs> with his handle. So John's super chat has his handle at M as in Mary, Dominator 716, at M Dominator 716. But you've been listening to the Overreaction Postscape Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast and vidcast network i am your host the voice of the overreaction post game show my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter at joe miller wired and i just want to tell everybody thank you thank you so much for being a part went a little bit long for this one and i apologize hopefully you stuck with me if it's in a podcast form hopefully you bridged it between two commutes whatever you got to do victory monday victory tuesday victory wednesday it's victory week the buffalo bills are going to the playoffs four times in five years three years in a row one more game when the we win the AFC East two times in two years, two years in a row. I love you guys. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the Off Tackle with John Fina show live right here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, 9 p.m. Don't miss that show. But for me, for the Buffalo Rumblings crew, the squad, Bruce Nolan, Jay Spencer King, Nate Geary, Kristen Kimmick, all of us that are contributors, Sterles, Anthony Marino, Steve Vega, uh, I, I, the, the all of them, Circle the Wagons, everybody, all of us. For the Market Dominator, love you guys. Enjoy this week. Go in peace. It's a new year. Fill yourselves with hope. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Go Bills. Go Bills.